0: Today, we continue on with our sermon series on the fruit of the Spirit. And to be honest with you, I think we all could agree that we would like to see a little more gentleness in our world. Perhaps it goes without saying this morning, but as we watch the news, or we listen to political ads, or we even read our social media posts, especially in light of recent events this week, I doubt we would describe those experiences as gentle. No, instead, we often encounter people who choose to use their words and actions somewhat like sledgehammers, often with a reckless disregard for the thoughts and the emotions of others. But while we could agree that gentleness is needed in our world, I think perhaps one of the challenges in delivering a sermon on gentleness this morning is some people are quick to equate a gentle spirit with a spirit of weakness. If a person is gentle, if a person is choosing not to act harshly, not to act aggressively, they run the risk of being labeled a pushover or perhaps incapable of standing up for themselves. But in actuality, friends, we'll see this morning that gentleness is the opposite of weakness. And so with that in mind, I'd like to spend a few moments today to look at what gentleness truly means. To examine why it's important and to learn how we can better cultivate this fruit of the Spirit in our lives. So I'd like to begin this morning by pointing out that the Greek word that Paul uses in his letter to the Galatians to describe gentleness is actually very rarely found in religious writings. You just don't see it much in scripture. In point of fact, it's more commonly used in agricultural settings where it describes the action of taming a wild horse. Now, perhaps when we think about wild horses, we have this image of a cowboy with the the big hat and the big spurs who jumps on the back of the animal to bring it under control. But in reality, it's very rarely done that way. Because if you think about it, something like that would be dangerous, not only for the horse, but also the rider. No, instead, a horse is usually tamed gently. The handler uses a low voice and a soft touch. And as the horse handler works with that animal, that animal eventually grows to trust the handler and can ultimately be ridden or put to use for something useful. Now this action would later be defined by the Greek philosopher Aristotle as bringing strength under control. And surprisingly, that is the exact same word that Paul uses this morning in Galatians to describe gentleness its strength under control. You see, friends, Paul's readers would have readily understood that a horse is no less powerful after that animal's been tamed. That animal is just as strong as it was before, but now its strength has been focused in order to fulfill a purpose. In the same way, the early church would have recognized that in this verse, gentleness is not the same thing as weakness. Rather, Paul was calling them to be gentle with each other by exercising strength under control. And as I prepared our message for this morning, I was reminded of a somewhat silly game I used to play with my father when I was not much older than my son, probably about five or six years old. Uh, I would routinely sneak up on my father and I'd, I'd grab his hand and I would squeeze it as hard as I could just to see if I could make him flinch. I know, silly, right? But, you know, I'd run up behind him sometimes with both hands, and I'd squeeze his hand so hard that the little veins on the side of my neck would be popping out on the sides. Now, in reality, what I was doing, at the time I didn't realize it, but what I was doing could never really hurt my father. Why? Because I lacked the power necessary to cause him any discomfort. But every now and then, Probably just for fun, he would squeeze my hand back. (laughs) Never enough to make it hurt, but certainly enough to get my attention. And friends, as I thought about that story, it became clear to me, it's the strong hand this morning, not the weak one, that needs to learn to be gentle. You see, Paul's letter to the Galatians is more than just a, a philosophical exercise, there's a practical application here. You see, God is calling each of us to embody a spirit of gentleness because, quite frankly, we live in a fragile world surrounded by fragile people. Each of us have seen those boxes marked with those large red letters, fragile, handle with care. But how many times have we seen that warning ignored? How many times have we seen those boxes stepped on or, or crushed with the contents just strewn out all over the floor. But how often do we ignore those types of warnings when we deal with people? How often is the heart of an individual crushed or the spirit of a child broken or stepped on by callous words or by self-centered attitudes? There are fragile people in this world. And God is calling us to be gentle with them. For example, several years ago, I remember reading a story by author and pastor Frederick Buechner. Uh Frederick Beekner, when he was younger, used to work for the, the New York Post. In fact, he left his job as a writer to become a, a minister. And frankly, I'm glad he did because I think he's phenomenal. But he, he tells a story about one hot afternoon in Manhattan... He boarded the seven train after an excruciatingly hard day at work. He said his head was pounding. He could barely keep his eyes open when suddenly right before the doors shut, a young mother and her two children boarded the train. He said almost immediately after that train started moving, those two kids started fighting. They started arguing and they started rolling around in the aisle, just tearing into each other. We've all seen that. If you have kids, you kind of know what I'm talking about. Well, the mother, seemingly aloof to what was happening there on the floor of the train, did nothing to separate the children or stop their argument. Finally, when one of the children rolled into Frederick Beekner's leg, he got fed up. And he curtly looked at that young mother and he said, Ma'am, will you please control your children? He then said, almost in a trance, that young mother looked looked back at him and replied blankly, I'm sorry, we're just coming back from my husband's funeral and I don't know what to do. He said at that moment his heart was changed. He said at that moment he realized what he had said to that vulnerable young woman. And he would have done anything to bring those words back. In the same way, friends, we can't really know what people are going through at any given moment. People are valuable, but they're fragile. Thankfully, a spirit of gentleness helps us bring our actions and certainly our words under God's control. It allows us to be more empathetic with the struggles of those around us. It allows us to deal patiently with people and not abuse them or get angry with them because of their weaknesses. The fruit of the Spirit is gentleness. Because quite frankly, the world needs gentle people. Finally this morning, we realize that we are called to be gentle. Because Christ has been gentle with each of us. In our Gospel passage this morning we read about a man who was traveling on the road from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers who then beat him, stripped him, and left him for dead. We read that several people passed him by until unexpectedly a Samaritan stopped, took pity on him, gently bandaged his wounds, and took him to safety. And friends, while often we like to see ourselves in that story as the good Samaritan, the one who's there to help, if we're at all honest, there have been times in our lives when, quite frankly, we have more in common with the man on the roadside. There have been times in our lives when in deepest despair, we feel much like him that the very life has been wailed out of. But in those bleakest moments, we unexpectedly encounter the good Samaritan, who is Christ. The same Christ whose gentleness stands in stark contrast to the robbers. The same Christ who deals gently with us in spite of our weaknesses, in spite of our shortcomings. Who carries us and cares for us until we're strong enough to walk again on our own. Friends, in response to that gentleness, we're called to extend a gentle spirit to others. After all, church, a gentle spirit is a sign that I'm learning to trust God. It's a sign that I'm relying on God's strength rather than my own. While it's impossible for a prideful person to be gentle, because a prideful person will always insist on getting their own way, a gentle spirit realizes that it's God who advocates for them. When I have confidence that it's God who defends me, that it's God who protects me, who guides me, it's easier for me to deal with others in a gentle spirit. Ultimately, church, we're called to cultivate the fruit of the spirit of gentleness in our lives because Christ has been gentle with us. And so in closing this morning, we've seen that gentleness is not weakness. It's strength under control. It takes a strong person to be gentle. We've seen the need for gentleness because we live in a fragile world surrounded by fragile people. And our words can either lift them up or they can tear them down. And finally, we've seen that a spirit of gentleness is brought about in response to the gentleness that Christ has shown each of us. And so, friends, if you really want to make a positive statement in our society of harshness and rudeness and violence, why not try some gentleness? If you see someone that needs your help, don't get angry at them for making you walk a mile. Take time and effort and go that extra mile with them. Friends, that's what gentleness is all about. It's the strength of choosing to be tender. And it's desperately needed in our fragile world. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.